ushers, if you can come. Thank you. Butch, if you could lead us in prayer, that would be great. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, most of you know Yuri by now, Pastor Yuri, excuse me. And uh, everybody that I know that knows him um, always tells me he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And he is. He is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. But don't let that fool you. He's got a lot of uh, lying in him, too. So we just want to welcome Yuri, Pastor and bring the message this morning. All right, good morning, church. How, how are we doing today? How's everybody's Christmas? Anybody get any wild gifts? Anything crazy? Anything? Anything? No, nobody got anything crazy. Well, no white elephants. I mean, my dad, so my dad has a, a, a bidet at his house. Does anybody know what a bidet is? It's a little bit European. We don't have many here, probably for a reason, and Japanese. He went to Japan, and he came back, and he started getting all these Japanese things. He, uh, when he was over in Japan, it was really funny. He, uh, he mixed up the numbers, so he walked out with a $100 knife, got home, you know, really nice, shiny Japanese one, and then found out there was one more zero he had forgotten about in the whole yen or whatever. So he came back and figured out that he paid $1,000 for this knife. And, uh, and so he, like, wiped it, and he, like, sharpened it with the wrong thing and arrested out and, like, broke the next week. And he's like, what in the world? But he also came back saying, like, I'm going to put a bidet in my house because everybody in Japan uses a bidet. So it, it, it sucks. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But the nice thing, never use one if you ever, but the nice thing about them is they actually warm the seat when you sit down. So for Christmas, I asked for a bidet for my new house. And I got my dad a video game monitor for him to play video games. And I'm all like, what is happening as I'm getting older? Like, I'm getting stuff, like plumbing stuff for my house, and I'm getting my dad video game stuff. Like, what is happening? I'm not ready for this. But um, that, that was probably a strange Christmas for me, but definitely very, very good. So uh, as we're coming up on the New Year's, um, my message just today is going to be about uh, the new life that Jesus paid for us and making sure that we're living and all those benefits of that new life that Jesus paid for us. And you're probably thinking, why is Yuri wearing a hoodie and a suit jacket today? And it's because I'm a spiritual gangster and I can do what I want. So, so I thought it looked cool. Nina said it looked cool, so it's cool. Um, so uh, any, um, anybody go to Highway for the Christmas Eve service? I went to Highway. Anybody else? No? Okay, but as long as you guys, you know, get to church on Christmas Eve, we had a lot of stuff going on in the church, a lot of details, a lot of people out of town, so we did not have a service, but uh, this Christmas, like, when I was listening to the hymns, every single time I listened to the Christmas hymns, I'm all like, dang, these are so good. You start off, like, saying, like, the words, and then the second verse comes, and you're like, 
and you don't really know what you're singing uh, because you don't know, I don't have them all memorized. But when I'm reading the words, I'm all like, this is like some deep, solid, serious theology. Like, I love Christmas time. And it's filled with like amazing theology of like how Jesus came and uh, he died to give us a new life. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So let's hop into our scriptures uh, for today. Um, the first one's going to be Matthew 9, 14 to 17. Matthew 9, 14 to 17. remember when I was uh, younger, we, uh, a few years ago, um, like as a youth pastor, I remember like we had one student and she introduced me to like one of her friends and she's like, yeah, this is Pastor Yuri. He has a whole Bible memorized. I'm all like, I don't know about all that. I'm like, I'm flattered, but I, I don't think all that. So, but uh, Matthew 9, 14 through 17, my mom does have it memorized though. I'm, I'm convinced. It says, um, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will, be, will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine in old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskin is ruined. But they put the new wine in new wineskins, and both are preserved. And the second one I want to go to uh, is Romans chapter 6. And we're going to be reading quite a few verses there. So Romans chapter 6. So right after Acts, you go through the Gospels, book of Acts, and then Romans. Romans chapter 6. We'll be reading 1 through 14. It starts with this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are, were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that this, our old body was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your, in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of righteousness to sin but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, but you are not under the law, but under grace. And then a little bit later it says, 
But we have uh, been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should not serve, that, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. So let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for everybody who serves. God, I thank you uh, for the people uh, in the back. Uh, I thank you for Joe. Uh, I thank you for Tommy. I thank you for Paul. I thank you for Lisa. I thank you for Jim and Debbie and Mary Ann. Uh, God, I thank you for Pastor Steve and Nina and Karen who sings. God, I thank you for these people. God, I'm never going to take for granted uh, just the time and the sacrifices um, that people make for this church. I thank you for making this church, God. I thank you that you direct this church, God. I thank you that we have people in this congregation who invites you, Holy Spirit, to lead this church and to guide this church. God, thank you for this place. Thank you for putting us uh, in a community, in a place where we can worship you, in a nation where this is not illegal. God, I pray that you would use us to reach the people around us. I pray that you'd use us to be your instruments of righteousness, to bring the gospel out to Austin Town and to wherever else we live. God, I pray that we wouldn't be uh, timid, that we wouldn't be shy, but that we would reflect your light. We would be that city on a hill, God, that shows people who you are. I pray that this year, God, that we would see... uh, Revival in this church, Jesus, I believe it's time for us just to step into something new in this church. I pray that you'd be with us, God, and I thank you for the sacrifice, Jesus, that you did for us. Uh, and be with us during this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So I remember last, uh, like two years ago, for like t- when 2020 was hitting, I was preaching around New Year's as well. So I invited my sister and my friends and everybody, and they were all up here. Uh, so it was around New Year's time, and I preached something about 2020, and I love cheesy stuff. So I was all like, like, God, just give us 2020 vision for this year. And <laughs> my sister, before I started saying, like, there's my brother, I'm so proud of him. And as soon as I said that joke, she's like, never mind, like, that's not my brother. <laughs> like, she was like, and then my friend just started, like, busting out laughing. So I love cheesy stuff, but I think it's kind of cool, because now I'm here again, like, preaching around another Uh, New Year's. So I really want to focus on the newness uh, of our lives and the newness of our, uh, again, of our relationship with Jesus. Um, So, uh, so, okay, so let's say uh, if I have a new car, I want to know everything about the new car that I have. I wouldn't want to go through like three winters in a brand new car and then find out later that I had butt warmers, right? I wouldn't want to be driving my car trying to merge onto the highway not realizing that you can take the eco mode off and turn the sport mode on in our christian life a lot of people are missing out on the fullness of the christian life and the things that come with it i'm mainly talking about like healing baptism of the holy spirit and stuff like that so i want to be clear and give everybody like a clear shot in this church especially today focusing on what our life with jesus looks like so that we don't miss anything that jesus has paid for us to have. Um, So I can remember when I first got saved. um, Before I got saved, I was in high school. Um, And we always went to church, but it wasn't like a spirit-filled church. So we learned good things about the Bible, but I never like had a personal connection with Jesus. And then I can remember uh, being in the car with my brother, and he would always listen to like rap music, like like terrible rap music. Like one time he decided to play rap music with my aunt and she like, she like handed him. She's like, you cannot be listening to this type of music. She's like, it's so degrading and stuff like that. So I can remember like, just like listening to this rap music. And then he started going to the spirit filled church 
And when we would go to school, all of a sudden, like, the lyrics started to change in the music. And it started to be about God. It started to be about Jesus. And I'm all like, what is happening to my brother? I'm all like, we were just singing, like, apple bottom jeans, you know, boots with a fur last week. And now he's, like, putting on 116, like, Romans 116, not ashamed to brag on my Lord, brag on my King. I'm like, what is happening to him? I'm like, he used to be, like, a bad kid hanging out with all the bad kids. Um, and I'm all like, now he's going to church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. I'm all like, I didn't even know the church was open more than one more day a week. Uh, and then he started going more days during the church, like different like Bible studies. And I'm all like, what is happening to him? I'm all like, like, wh- like what, what is happening at this church that he keeps going to? And he kept inviting me and my sister to go. So my sister starts going and then she gets saved. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm outnumbered. And I got kind of ticked off because I was all like, it's, I felt like it was like me against them. I'm all like, don't you guys want to enjoy your lives? Don't you want to live how you want? And my mind was all like, when I get to the end of my life, I'll get right with God and get my one-way ticket to heaven. Like, you know, that's how I wanted to live my life. But I couldn't ignore the fact of how their lives were changing. And I'm like, what is up with this church? So I'm like, I'm going to try this church out for the youth group. So I go to the youth group. And nobody talks to me. But I was kind of like emo back then. So I probably like had like a black hoodie, you know, like in the corner. Like if you, you know, with a look on my face that said, if you talk to me, I'll kill you or something. So that's probably just like what I was like. But I still wanted somebody to talk to me and nobody talked to me. So I'm all like, I'm never coming back to this church. Um, and then a few weeks later, um, my sister and my brother said, hey, the youth pastor was praying for you to get saved. And I'm like, he doesn't even know me. I'm like, who, who is this guy that doesn't even know me praying for me to get saved? But like something happened in, inside of me. I kind of felt like the Grinch. Uh, you know, he had like that little heart and then it got real big all of a sudden. Like, it kind of felt like that on the inside where I'm all like, why, why, is, he, why is he praying for me? I'm like, I'm honored. I got, yeah. So I, for whatever reason, in my mind, I said, I'm going to go to this church, whether people talk to me or not. And I'm going to continue going every single week just because he said that prayer for me. And so when you're in a spirit-filled church, <laughs> you can't just stay how you are. When you, like, walk in and you see people speaking, like, different languages and the people running around there in worship and, like, lifting up their hands. And the thing that blew me away the most was people my age will get together in a circle and pray, like, every single time. I'm like, What? Like, like, what is going on? Part of me was a little bit freaked out. The other part of me was all like, whatever they want, like, I need that in my life. And, and so I continued going, and I continued going. And I can remember it was actually at a service in Victory that uh, Pat Chatsline was speaking at. And so I, was st- I still hadn't made up to give my life to God yet. I don't think I got baptized yet. I had the option to get baptized, and I said, no, I'm not ready yet. And during one of the church services, like, that he was speaking at, he just, he said, just imagine God's, God's heart for all the lost people. And for some reason, something in my heart just broke. And I just remember just like getting on the ground and just like crying and weeping. And I'm like, what is happening to me? I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this like Christianity? Like, wh- why does my heart break for people? Before I was saved, it was about me and only me. Before I was saved, it's all like, it doesn't matter if I sin. As long as it's only affecting me and nobody else, I can do whatever the heck I want. And sin never bothered me. I'd sin and be like, yeah, whatever. But then I'm all like, 
there, there's something I'm missing out here. It's all like, I gotta get right with God now. It's all like, I can't wait. I gotta get right with God now. So I remember I got baptized. My next thing was like getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And I remember like everything just started to change in my life. And I started to walk um, in the newness. And, the, and there's three things I want to focus on when we walk in the newness of this life with Jesus that we cannot skip out on, in my, you know, in my opinion. Because we don't want to miss out what Jesus paid for. Um, what he paid for costed him a lot. So I'm going to take everything that he has for me. The first thing is that Jesus paid so that we could be free from sin. Some people are going to uh, be telling you that uh, you can go and sin and Jesus is going to forgive you. That's true, but that's not why he died. He didn't die so you just keep singing and singing and sinning. He died to make you free from sin. No mas, no more. Romans 6, uh, 11 through 14. Um, okay, I, I read that one already. Uh, sorry, I got to get my notes. I did not write them down. I'm just running around through my Bible. This is a good one. So Matthew chapter 1, since it's around Christmas time, uh, this is, this hit me. This hit me. Even like recently, like this hit me. We read this verse during Christmas time. It says, uh, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When we get saved, we get saved from our sins. Yes, it's like, it's fundamental. We understand it. But do, do, we, do we live it? Do we honestly believe that sin does not have dominion over us? That we can be 100% free from sin? That we don't have to be a slave to sin? In fact, the Bible says that as Christians, we shouldn't be sinning. And if we sin, um, like knowingly, that we're that we can't even call ourselves a Christian. That's in 1 John 3, 1 through 9. I'm going to read that too. And I'm, I'm going hard on this stuff because a, a lot of people uh, in the church right now are saying, you can do whatever the heck you want. You can't. Biblically, if you read this book, it's very straightforward on um, our relationship with God. And it's all like, I, I don't want to make it to heaven just barely. I don't want to keep sinning, asking for forgiveness, sinning, asking forgiveness, getting up to heaven and being like, yes, I made it. But sorry, Jesus, I never actually did anything for you. I don't want to come up to heaven and be embarrassed when I stand before Jesus. I want to come up to heaven and be like Paul and the other apostles that said, Jesus, I gave everything for you. I had nothing. Paul said that he had nothing in his conscience against that he's all like that I'm sinning about God. He's like, that doesn't mean that I don't have sin in my life. He's like, but I don't willfully sin against Jesus. And that is a standard for us. We cannot willfully sin against Jesus. And I just want to go a little bit hard on that because it's, it's important. Uh, John 3, 1 through 9 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, uh, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. I want to stand before uh, God pure. I want to be without blemish. I want to be without wrinkle. And, uh, and he gives me the strength to do it. And I'm thankful for that. It says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. 
and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor uh, known him. So we have to disconnect from sin 100%. And it's it's like we have that freedom. It's like the best feeling ever knowing that I don't have to live how I used to live when I was bound to my sins. It's like, it's like exciting. Like you're saying, I don't have to give into those temptations that I used to give into. Like I can live apart from that. I can live being filled with the Holy Spirit, with my armor of God on and going through life. And that is a standard of the Christian. And that's the first thing I want to hit. Um, let me go through. Because uh, sin, it grows. And it grows and it grows and it grows until it, it doesn't have to start off being super bad, but eventually it will become bad and it will drag you down and it will ruin your relationship with Christ. So you chop it off, you leave it behind, and you walk in the newness of the life that he paid for you. And the best thing is that Jesus says, any sins that we do, even as Christians, if we ask for forgiveness, it says he forgives us for it. It says even if we have sicknesses connected to the sins that we've had, if we stand before the elders of the church, uh, it says that they will anoint us with oil and our sins will be forgiven, and we can have our healing. So that's just something that I just got to hit hard because I hear all kinds of crazy stuff out there, and it's all like we got to make sure we have our theology straight on that. Um, The next thing I want to hit on is that in this new life that we have as Christians is we have the presence of God, and that's something that separates the Old Testament from the New Testament. When Jesus died, the veil, the curtain was torn that separated the Holy of Holies that only one person can go in one time a year. Because of that, now we have Emmanuel, God with us at all times. And this is like huge. This is like huge that when we worship, I mean, how many of you guys just feel the presence? I feel the presence of God sometimes when we worship, and I never want to take that for granted because that's a blessing that we have because of Jesus going on the cross and ripping that veil that we can feel like Jesus, like close to us, around us. I remember what it felt like before I became a Christian, when I didn't have that, I felt like it was me versus the world, and I did not have peace. And it scared me. I was all like, what happens when I die? Like, it bothered me so much. But after I had Jesus, it felt like, in my heart, like, it felt like he's always there. Like, I'm never alone. But Jesus had to die to give us that. So the presence that we have, like, every time that we come here on Sunday morning and worship is a blessing that we have to be able to feel his presence, just to be able to feel close to him. And uh, even John said in the book of Revelation, he said, I was on the Lord's day in the spirit when he got sucked up into the vision of heaven. It's like, man, that's us every single week. On the Lord's day, we're here just in the spirit, just worshiping. Like Jesus said in John chapter four, he said, people are gonna start worshiping in spirit and truth. Like that's what we have here at this church. Like we are worshiping, in spirit, we can feel the spirit of God here with us, and we're worshiping in truth. And it's all like, that's something that Jesus died so that we could experience, so that the Holy Ghost could live in us, that we could be here, you know, be with him, and then go out and continue to live with him uh, in our life. Uh, And I heard somebody say, it's not just about us going into heaven, it's about getting heaven inside of us. So Jesus died, so one of the things about our newness in life is having his presence with us wherever we go. And I think about, uh, I think about uh, Joseph, who wherever he went, he was blessed because he was right with God, right? So that means when we go into, same with Jacob, if we go into our jobs, our jobs are blessed just because we're there and we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Anywhere we go, it's like the atmosphere just changes because we have the Holy Ghost inside of us. 
Um, so Revelation chapter one. And then the last thing I wanted to hit on was uh, healing and miracles. And these are like two of my favorite things. And it's kind of crazy because like some people don't believe in healings and miracles. I'm all like, have, have you read this book, man? So just read it one time, start to finish, read it one time. Especially the book of Acts. It's like, you cannot read the book of Acts and tell me that healings and miracles don't exist for today. Especially when we know people who have experienced them. So if we go to Isaiah 53, um, we're going to see, like, healings weren't free. Uh, they weren't just, like, uh, something that just existed. I mean, they could have existed, but Jesus paid for us to get healed. Uh, so let me run to Isaiah 53 and say that. Okay. It says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Talking about Jesus. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. It said, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, that, uh, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So I, I told Abby the one day, I said, I was like, isn't it going to be exciting when we're going to be in heaven? I was like, but you're not going to be married to me. You're going to be married to Jesus. And she's like, yeah, but the Bible says that he's ugly. And I'm all like, you can't just say that, Abby. We're talking about Jesus. So I, I thought that was kind of funny that she said that. It says that he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and spitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So that healing doesn't come for nothing. That healing comes from that whip that hit Jesus' back and ripped the flesh out. That's where our healing comes from. Anytime somebody gets healed in, in the body of Christ, that's where it comes from, and it's already been paid for. I believe in healings. I believe that Jesus can heal somebody in a second. We've seen it happen uh, People even like healed a cancer. We knew this girl with cancer in her mouth. We pray over her. She goes the next day, the cancer is gone. Like there is healing that Jesus paid for. And I'm not going to skip out on that. If that's an option in the Christian life, I'm not going to live missing out on one of those uh, amazing options that we have in the Christian life. Um, Psalm 1, and it's, not, and it's not just some issues. I've heard one guy say, and it T ticked me off so much, but I, I, I couldn't leave. I was, we were studying to become like missionaries at the time, and the guy said, how many of you guys know that Jesus heals, but he doesn't heal all diseases? He's like, sometimes he lets you live with a disease. And I remember being like, so torn, because I'm all like, I want to sit, stand up and like say something, but I can't, because he's a teacher. And I just want to be like, dude, let me put you in your place. But I didn't. I sat down. Um, but it's not theologically correct. It's Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Some people ask me if my job gives me benefits. No, they do not, but my God gives me benefits. I'm okay. It says, uh, he who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. So how many does he heal? So he heals all of our diseases. And we see that again in the New Testament. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 8, uh, verses 16 and 17, it says this. It says, When the evening had come and they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all 
who were set. That it might be fulfilled, which was uh, spoken through the prophet Isaiah, which we read, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. It's not God's will for anybody to be sick. And I believe that 100%. 100%. But we got to believe this. So, and like, we, we have to believe this. If we don't believe, like faith is definitely a part of healing. I want to get to the point where I have faith for every single like sickness just to go. I'm getting to that point, you know, I, I have to work on it. But I know from this book that healing is not, uh, healing is what God does. He does it today and it's not his will for anybody to be sick because he heals everybody who comes to him. Um, and so I, like, I stand, I stand behind that. And I, if anybody, like, I hear anybody say anything differently, it's like, it's not biblical, man. Like, look in the Bible, read your Bible. A lot of people have opinions. Not many people read, know how, you know. Here's another one. Mark chapter, we're supposed to be praying for people to get healed. It wasn't just when Jesus went around that people got healed. His disciples, when we, people come in the church and we put oil on them, I used to think that, like, maybe we, somebody said that uh, you would put oil on people who were sick back then because that was their medicine. So they said there wasn't, like, really any healing power to it. It was just, like, let's do the medicinal thing first and then hope and pray that God does something in your life. No, there was something powerful about the anointing of the oil, and we can see that in Mark chapter 6. Because um, one thing that I'm realizing is that when it comes to the church, it's like the traditional things that the Assemblies of God believes, like there's a reason why we believe that we believe. Why do we anoint people with oil? oil? It's not just a weird thing that we do that seems strange. There's a reason why we do it. And the book of Jeremiah says he, says, he says, go back to the old path and walk in it. Whenever I get confused, I go back to, to where I got saved in. I go back to how I got saved. I go back to like believing in the Holy Ghost uh, and everything, you know, that the gospel that I got saved into. Because what Paul says, he says, as people come in and they try to change the gospel to different things. He says, what you do is you have to go back to the gospel that you got saved in and walk in that. He's like, even if I preach a different gospel than the one that you got saved into, don't even listen to me. So whenever people tell me strange things that confuse me, I bring it back to the gospel that I got saved in and when you do that, you can never be manipulated by false teachers and false people who say weird things. You go back to the faith that you were saved into and you walk in that. That's what the Bible says. In, in Mark, so why do we anoint people with oil? It's all like, why did we do that at my church? Like, maybe we don't understand scripture correctly. Like, that just seems kind of weird that I have to put like some juice of an olive on somebody and it does something. But in Mark chapter six, verse 13, it says this. Um, it says, so they went out and they preached that people should repent. The disciples did. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So there's this power uh, in anointing somebody with oil. And James talks about it too, where it's not just physical, but there's something spiritual about it. There's spiritual things that we can end up missing out on if we don't read this book and we don't understand. And it's fine. We'll get up to heaven but we are going to have missed out on a lot of the things that we could have done here on this earth because we didn't understand what was going on in, in this book. So I would encourage everybody even just to read the whole Bible once. You read it one time, and once I, once I read the Bible through once, nobody could throw any scriptures at me that were twisted, and they used to before. But once I read through this thing once, I'm all like, they would come at me with a scripture, and I'd be like, you're not saying that correctly. Here's a context. So if you get in the Bible, like, Nobody can confuse you theologically. 
Um, so that's with healing. And then with miracles, uh, it, this is one of my favorite things because since I became a Christian, it's like miracles just happen all the time. This is a silly example, but uh, I remember like even, I, like, I was like, I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. I was like, I'm going to buy myself a hoodie, a brand new hoodie that I'm going to wear, and I'm going to put a, a suit jacket over it so I can look like a spiritual gangster, right? So the day before uh, uh, Christmas, uh, I had lost my wallet, so I was running all over the place looking for it. By the time I found it, we had to come up to church for the Christmas Eve service. I didn't have time to get my hoodie. So I was just like, man, God, it'd be real nice if somebody could give me a hoodie. Wink, you know, like, but I knew that nobody in my family got me a hoodie because we don't give each other clothes. So we, we actually picked up Destiny to go to the New Year's Eve service. And she's like, hey, I got you guys presents. And I had a brand new hoodie. So God approves my selection of uh, fashion, I guess. He thought it was a good idea because he got me my hoodie so I could do this. But for me, that was like a little miracle. And I'm just like, thank you, God. You know, like, I'm going to remember that. The book of Acts says with the multiple times when the disciples, anywhere they went, there would be signs and wonders. I can think of a sign even with this church. When I first came to this church, I'm all like, God, am I supposed to be at this church? Is this where I belong? Because it's important. I don't want to just be wasting their time. I don't want to be wasting my time. Am I supposed to be here? Is this your will for me to be here? Uh, and so it was like my first week here, you know, and then like my second week here, you know, I meet everybody, and I'm on my motorcycle, you know, going to work one day, like on some day during the week. And uh, so I wasn't paying attention to the road, which you should do when you're on a motorcycle. I, I, I was looking at the beautiful scenery, and I'm like, look at that beautiful lake. I'm like, look at those beautiful clouds. I, and I wasn't paying any attention to the road, so for whatever reason. So I hit the curb, and now I'm trying to correct it. So I'm like hitting everything on it. I'm all like, who keeps beeping at me? Oh, that's me. I keep hitting my horn while I'm trying to grab my handlebars as they're flying all over the place. I'm like slowly, like it's, it is like slowing down, but I'm all like, it's not slowing down fast enough. I'm going a little too fast. Hit the curb again. I fly up into the air. Um, I think I shared this before. And I, I remember like, remember before I was super scared to death uh, and what would happen. After I got saved, that fear completely vanished. I remember being like in midair being like, God, I'm good. You know, whatever happens, who cares? So I go, so I smash it. Thank God I was wearing a helmet because there was a huge mark right here. I would have broke my jaw. So I get back up. I'm trying to, like, get my motorcycle up. And, uh, and somebody pulls up next to me, gets out of the car, and says, hey, man, let's load your motorcycle up into the back of my truck. We'll get you home. And he's like, wait a minute. He's like, you're that new guy at my church. And it was, like, James McGannon. And he was, like, from Emmanuel. And we were, and so I was like, in the middle of Struthers, and for me, that was like a sign to God, like, these are your people, and here's one looking out for you. This is where you belong with these people, and in my backpack that I had just picked up on the motorcycle was a little, uh, was a little sign I bought for the youth group, which said, together we make a family, and I'm all like, it, everything just fit together, so I was all like, I feel like this is a church I'm supposed to be at. I'm all like, I'm already running into people at the church who are already looking out after me. I was like, I got to do my job to look after them. And uh, uh, I just want to share with, I shared with the youth group uh, uh, last week, there's this girl named Julia, I know, and she sees miracles, like literally, like it's insane how many miracles this girl sees. Um, When she was young, 
she had a dad who passed away. So her mom started dating somebody new, and then he passed away. And then so she, like, married another guy, and then, like, after a year or two, he passed away. So she just crawls, as an eight-year-old, she said that she crawled underneath the table, bawling out her eyes, and said, God, why don't you want me to have a dad? And then she decided to flip it around and say, as an eight-year-old, which is, like, amazing, she said, God, I'm going to make you my dad. And wherever you are, I'm going to be with you, and that's going to be my home. This girl sees, like, crazy miracles. Like, um, I remember when she was going on a missions trip to Australia, she felt like God told her, uh, make a list of things that you need for the trip that you can't afford. So one of the things that she put on there was a new guitar, like a mini guitar that she could take on the plane with her. So she wrote it down, and that same week, somebody contacted her and said, hey, I want to spend $300 on you. What's something I can buy you that you didn't want to buy for yourself? Boom. Another thing was uh, she loves hotels for whatever reason. She was talking with her uh, roommate at the time, Sarah, and said, Sarah, we should just go to a hotel one day in Youngstown. And I'm just like, like, she was telling this story to us, and I'm like trying to understand, like, you live in Youngstown. Why would you go like two streets away to stay in, a, stay in a hotel. Like, I'm just trying to, like, process why in the world she would want that. And uh, within that time, like, within that month, they got uh, in the letter, or they got in their mailbox a letter saying that, hey, we're shutting off your water for the next few days. Here's some uh, vouchers to go to a hotel for the next few days, which is, like, wow. Like, when it says that God gives us the desires of our hearts, even when they're weird, he still gives them to us. So... Another thing was, like, she wanted, like, a cat, a specific color. And so she prayed about it. And, again, like, the same week. And, like, I'm watching all these things happen in in real time because she's talking about some of this stuff. And she's sharing it with us as she's uh, experiencing it. So I remember uh, one of them was she wanted a cat, uh, a very specific, you know, color cat. And then she gets a call from one of her friends who works at a vet saying, hey, we just got all these new kittens. And she's like, is there one this color? And they're like, yeah. So she gets that cat. So it's like, it's just insane. And then the craziest one is she and her, uh, and these guys spend all their time worshiping though. Like there's few people I know who are like as serious about worship as these two people, Julie and Sarah. Um, Julie and Sarah kept finding money on the ground everywhere they went for like, a, for like a month. And one day she said as a joke to Sarah, wouldn't it be funny if one of us found $100 today? As a joke, she said that, as I joked about the hoodie basically. And then she said as she was walking the one day, she feels something against her leg, looks down, and there's a $100 bill. And I I know that these stories are true because I've been there when, as she's experiencing some of these miracles, and I'm just like, God, I I have things I like too, you know? But like, uh, but I know the reason why these things happened to her is because she totally gave herself to God, 100%. She's holding nothing back from her life she gave everything to God when she was eight years old, saying, wherever you are, that's where I'm gonna be, and that's where my home's gonna be, because you're my father. And it's like, I'm not gonna miss out on that in my life, too. God gives me little miracles, too, and it's all like, I'm not gonna miss out on that, God. Like, everything that you paid for, I don't take for granted. I remember the death that you paid. I'm not gonna take for granted the things that the people do at my church that cost them time and money. I'm not gonna take for granted where you've, the position where you put me in, even being in America, the top 1% of the richest people in the world, 
Like every time I go down to Guatemala and I see these guys making two bucks an hour or less, I'm like, I can and one I want. And it's like, I'm not going to take for granted any of the things that God's given me. But I'm also not going to just sit back and let these things go by. I'm going to take and grab each one of the th- these things that Jesus paid for. I'm going to be free from my sin every day of my life. There's going to be no sin holding me back. No sin holding me back from serving God. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a slave to Jesus. The second thing is I'm going to be in his presence. He tore that veil not so that we can just sit back and like, like the Israelites did far away at the bottom of the mountain away from God because they were told if they'd go up, they'd die. But it's like Joshua still went up. So that meant it was still an option to go up. He said that, but anybody who wanted to get close to God in his presence, it was an option. I'm not going to sit by while the presence of God is there for me to have. I'm going to get all the presence of God. It's going to be with me when I go to work. People are going to know about Jesus where I go to work. They're going to be changed just because I carry his presence. Jesus died for me to be able to do that. I'm going to see healings. And I'm going to see miracles because Jesus died so I could see them. He died so that I could up impart that into other people. Uh, so that's something that I want you guys to keep in your mind. We walk in a new life because of what Jesus did. Don't miss out on the benefits in this. Uh, read about them. Read this book, start to finish, and it will change you. Know this book and believe every single thing in this book, and it will change you. So let me uh, just close in prayer. One last thing uh, before I do close out is if you guys see these poinsettias, um, if you lost a loved one, uh, please grab one of these on your way out, just, uh, uh, you know, just as a memory of them. We had quite a, quite a few funerals this year, but there were some really beautiful ones. Like whenever somebody passes away who's a Christian, it's like there's, the, the, the funerals are just like beautiful because as you hear like what the people say and as they, you know, describe them being up with God right now and what they're probably doing, it's just like, it's like beautiful. It's all like, Death is just a transition to seeing Jesus. And I'm like, and I'm, so it's all like, if you want to have something, just remember somebody who passed away, you can have one of these. And even if not, you can grab one as well because we have quite a few. So please grab one on your way out if you just want a nice decoration in your house. So uh, let me just close in prayer and just say, God, I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, for pain on the cross uh, so that we could be free from our sins. God, help us just to hate our sins. God, anything, uh, whatever the enemy is trying to do in anybody's life, even, the, even during this time, if anybody's being tormented or bothered by the devil, I just speak against it and I rebuke it in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for this place. God, this is a place for your presence to dwell. And God, we're gonna carry your presence out of here. I thank you, Jesus, that this is a place where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you, God, this is a place where we can feel your presence, that we never have to go around day by day feeling alone but we feel you with us and around us, Jesus. I thank you for the hope that you give us, for the peace that you give us. I thank you for that newness that we have, God, where we don't feel like we're who we used to be. And I thank God for that. We're not who we used to be. We're something brand new. We're a new creator, God. And God, with that new life, God, I pray that we'd experience every single thing that you paid for on the cross. We're gonna have faith to see people get healed. God, you're gonna work miracles in our life just to show us in little ways that you love us. But it's not about the healings. It's not about the miracles, God. 
It's about knowing you. It's about knowing you. So I thank you, Jesus, for giving us that option of knowing you, to, to pray to you directly um, after you died on the cross and you tore that veil, God. We're living our lives in the most holy place. We're living our lives in the holy of holies. And I thank you, Jesus. And we will never take for granted what you did on that cross and what you paid for. God, be with us this new year, I pray. And uh, I just pray that this would be the best year of our lives ever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. Thank you.